0: going to talk today about how God feels and what the Bible says about this issue of speech that afflicts a great many people today, and yes, that includes people in the church. Today we're continuing with the series on Taming the Tongue. And as we've already mentioned in each sermon of the series, the Bible teaches that our words can have the power of life and death, as Proverbs 18.21 says. God's desire is for us to learn how to control our tongue so that our words can bring life. So far in this series, we've studied a lesson about the corrosive talk of complaining and criticizing, and the damage that kind of talk can cause to our lives and the lives of others. We studied the truth about lying, and the importance of living and speaking the truth. We studied a lesson about the malicious talk of gossip, and rumors and slander, and the serious harm that that can cause to the lives of others. And in that sermon that we we heard last month, we mentioned promotion of self as being one of the reasons that we can be attracted to the use of gossip and rumors and slander in our speech. So today we're going to think more about promotion of self with what I'm calling today ego talk. Ego talk. Which has to do with speaking words of boasting, bragging, and flattery. You know, ego is something that all of us have. You might say it's that part of ourselves that is interested in ourselves. It's being concerned with that that one letter pronoun, I. Ego is that inner drive that we all have to be recognized and have value. And you know it's one of the strongest driving forces in our lives, so it's no wonder that it can show up in our words, in our speech. Now, ego is not all bad. It's part of the way that God created us. And you know, actually, we can't can't function or survive without some degree of ego. Ego can help us to properly take care of ourselves and our needs. God does want us to love ourselves and take care of ourselves. And the ego is designed to guide us toward that end. But, ego must have a control factor. It must have limits. It must not be allowed to roam uncontrolled. The Bible teaches that the proper control factor for our ego is the Word of God. Ephesians 5.18 calls it being filled with the spirit. The spirit-controlled ego becomes a useful instrument in our lives when it leads us to care about both ourselves and others. But when that ego is left unchecked and uncontrolled, it gets us into all kinds of trouble. Including these sins of the tongue like boasting, bragging and flattery. And as we're going to see today, words of boasting and bragging and flattery are not words that you and I ought to be speaking as Christians in a right relationship with God. And you know, out of all the sins of the tongue that we've studied so far in this series, and those that we still have yet to study, in one more lesson, I suspect that these three, most in bragging and flattery, I suspect that they might be taken a lot less seriously than some of the others. And there might be those here today or those listening online who would say right now that these forms of ego talk are not really sins at all. After all, it's common Many, many people do it. So what's wrong with it? What's wrong with it? And if that's how you feel right now, today, then I hope this sermon today will change your mind. So let's spend some time this morning looking at and thinking seriously about what the Bible says concerning these sins of the tongue and how we can avoid them in our lives. So first of all this morning, let's think about the ego talk of the first two, boasting and bragging. We're gonna lump them together. The dictionary definition of the word boast is to talk with too much pride and self-satisfaction about one's achievements, possessions, or abilities. The dictionary defines the word brag as meaning to say something in a boastful manner. So I think we could say, rightly say that the words boast and brag are similar in meaning. In the sermon on the truth about lying, in that sermon we emphasize the importance of speaking truthfully. Now, when most people boast or brag, they are in fact sometimes stretching the truth. But even if what we are boasting or bragging about is true, words of boasting and bragging are not the kind of words that ought to come from the mouth of a godly person. So what are some ways that a boastful or a bragging ego comes out in our speech? Well, let's do a quick little self-assessment, self-examination right here. You know, Jeff Foxworthy, the comedian, used to do a comedy routine with the statement, you might be a redneck, if. So this morning, let's change that up just a little bit and let's take out the comedy aspect And let's think seriously about 10 ways, 10 ways that the ego talk of boasting and bragging can show up in our speech. And let's call it, you might be a braggart if. So number one, you might be a braggart if, you often praise your own abilities and accomplishments and those of family members. Number two, you might be a braggart if you put down or belittle the accomplishments of others so yours appear to be more important. Number three, You might be a braggart if you often talk about how godly you are and all the righteous deeds that you do. Number four, you might be a braggart if you try to appear important in the eyes of others with your words. Number five, you might be a braggart if The person you're talking to can't get a word in edgewise because if you're nonstop bragging. Number six, you might be a braggart if you want to pat on the back for your own accomplishments. Number seven, you might be a braggart if you try to leave a better impression with others than is actually true. Number eight, you might be a braggart if, when talking to others, when talking to others, your most often used word is the pronoun I. Number nine, you might be a braggart if, you always have to be right. You're the expert on everything. Number ten, you might be a braggart if you take credit when the credit really belongs to someone else. Now there are plenty of other ways that boasting and bragging shows up in our speech. But those are ten that we can ponder and think about seriously this morning. You know, people who boast and brag often realize they're doing it. So they sometimes may try to hide it with what I would call a disclaimer, you might say, that usually ends with the word but. I'm not bragging but, and you know there are variations of that, like, I'm not patting myself on the back, but. Or I'm not tooting my own horn, but. Or I'm not beating my own drum, but. And what almost always comes after the but? Exactly what they say they're not doing, which is boasting and bragging. There's also something that we could call brag-plaining, that we sometimes hear today. Brag-plaining. that's a combination of complaining and bragging at the same time. Somebody says something like, well, I've lost so much weight on my new diet that I went out and bought all new clothes. or I'm so sore from riding my new ATV over the 100 acres of land that I just bought. Brag plenty There are also people that have the habit of what we could call humble bragging. Humble bragging. Those are people who brag on themselves but they twist the words around to make it sound like they're being modest and humble. It's a way to disguise their bragging with a little bit of humility. Humble braggers might say something like, well, I can't believe that I got the highest grade on that test. Or, I'm just shocked that I got the highest job evaluation. Or I never would have thought that I would get the highest score in the game. You know, we also see humble bragging on social media. When a person makes a post about someone else bragging on them, If you're on Facebook, I guarantee you've seen that. Now, the problem with that kind of humble bragging is that a truly humble person does not broadcast to others about praise given to them. Let me say that one more time. A truly humble person does not broadcast to others about praise given to them. And speaking of social media, let's think right here for just a moment about about this question. Is it wrong to brag or boast on social media? You know, one negative side of social media, among others, is that it has made boasting and bragging more common and more acceptable. And because of that, we sometimes see posts and comments that are made, obviously made, for the primary purpose of elevating and building up the ego of the person making the post. In other words, self-bragging. You know, all too often, what we used to think of as rules of social etiquette and speech, those don't seem to apply anymore on social media. In 2018, a survey was taken that asked teenagers in the United States what they post online, on social media, and in that survey, almost 50% said it was the posting of their own accomplishments, in other words, bragging. For girls ages 15 to 17, that number was closer to 60%. But you know, it's not just teenagers that do it. People of every age do it. And yes, sometimes even members of the church. And sometimes it's people who ought to know better. So why is that? Why is that? Well, it's because when we speak to others through a screen, it's like something changes. Put a smartphone in people's hands. And words that they wouldn't say in person, face to face, they'll gladly post as a comment online. And that includes words of boasting and brag. Going back to the little acronym for the word THINK that we've looked at a couple of times in this series, and I had it on the screen if we, well, we can see it now. That's good. Amazing. Going back to that little acronym from the word THINK that we've looked at a couple of times in this series, we often don't think before we... Speak online. You know, we sit in front of a keyboard and a screen and we deceive ourselves and we ignore the fact of God's presence. And because of that deception, we're not careful. Our words online can be full of boasting and bragging. And that is not pleasing to God. Our comments online can too easily promote self instead of benefiting others in some way. You see, we are not alone on social media. God is there too. God is there too. And he sees everything we post. As Christians, we need to be cautious and careful in what we post and share on social media. So what does the Bible say about boasting and bragging? Does it say anything at all? Let's find out. You know, the word brag is not found very often in most Bible translations. But the word boast, that's a different story. The word boast or some form of it is found very often in different translations. For example, in the New King James Version, it's used 68 times. In the English Standard Version, it's used 80 times. In the New International Version, it's used 93 times. In the New America Standard Version, it's used 89 times. In the Revised Standard Version, it's used 94 times. And in the New Revised Standard Version, it's used 113 times, the word boast. So newsflash, The Bible does have plenty to say to us on this subject. And here are just a few examples. Psalms 94 verse 4 says, They utter speech and speak insolent things. All the workers of iniquity, now that's sin, all the workers of iniquity boast in themselves. Proverbs 27, verse 2 says, Let another man praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. Now pay attention to that verse. If everyone followed that advice, that would eliminate a whole lot of the boasting and bragging that we hear and see today. Right? In a rather long passage from Romans chapter one, that we mentioned in the last sermon on gossip, rumors, and slander, Paul in that chapter lists the characteristics of the ungodly. And down in verse 30, that list mentions backbiters, Haters of God, violent, proud. Look at the next one. Boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parrots, and the list goes on. And two verses later in verse 32, he says, Paul says, those who practice such things are deserving of death. You know, if I stood up here and said that people who boast and brag deserve to die, some of you might go ballistic real fast. But that's exactly, that's exactly what Paul is saying there by inspiration. 1 John 2, 16 says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. Jude one sixteen says, These people are grumblers and fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves and flatter others for their own advantage. We'll talk more about flattery in a few few minutes. In 1 Corinthians 13, in that well-known chapter on love, verse four in that chapter says, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. You see, boasting or bragging is a sin that is rooted in pride. It's desiring to put ourselves and our accomplishments above others. It's promotion of self and not putting the interest of others above self. So what's really wrong with boasting and bragging? Why shouldn't we do that? Well, here are three good reasons that the Bible gives us. Number one, because everything we are and everything we have accomplished in life is because of God's blessings. In 1 Corinthians 4, verse 7, Paul wrote, For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If you then received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? Most of us have had to study hard and work hard to accomplish what we have in life. But if God had not given us our abilities and our opportunities, then no amount of study or hard work would have made any difference. Right? In Deuteronomy chapter 8, there is a good, good reminder that everything we have comes from God. It's nine verses. And it was spoken by Moses to the Israelites just before they entered the promised land. But it fits just perfectly with what we're talking about right here. And I want to read it verses 10 through 18, Deuteronomy chapter 8. And you shall eat and be full. And you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, who brought you water out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. Beware, lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this well you shall remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Secondly, we shouldn't be boasting and bragging because we have no control of the future. Proverbs 27, 1 says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. In James chapter 4, James wrote basically the same thing in the text that Jaron read. He said this, Come now you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. A braggart boasts about things that he can't control and promises more than he can deliver. But those who are wise and godly should realize that we don't have ultimate control over what we can or cannot do. And if we believe that God is in control, if we really believe that, then we ought to be saying as we just read in James 4, if it is the Lord's will, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. That puts God in his proper role. And he is the true governor of the affairs of life. Thirdly, we should not boast and brag because it takes the credit away from the one to whom it is due. We already said that you might be a braggart. If you take credit when the credit is due to someone else, Taking credit when it really belongs to someone else is one of the lowest, dirtiest forms of ego talk. But giving credit where credit is due is a basic principle of proper relationship and speech. A primary reason for our existence ought to be to reflect God's glory and to bring him glory. You know, most of us are familiar with the account of Moses not being allowed to lead God's people into the promised land. And most people who know something about that account would say that Moses was punished in that way because he struck a rock twice to get water for the people rather than speak to it as God had commanded. And that did happen. But there's actually more to it than that. There's another factor involved in the punishment of Moses that you might not quickly see. Moses was not allowed to lead God's people into the promised land because he and Aaron took the honor that belonged to God alone when he angrily said to the Israelites in Numbers 20, verse 10, Here now you rebels, look at it, must we bring water for you out of this rock. That one little pronoun, we, shows that Moses was taking credit and honor that belonged only to God. In other words, he was promoting self. And two verses later, God's pronouncement to Moses and Aaron reflects that sin. Look at it. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. When King Herod accepted the praise of men who proclaimed him as some some kind of God, Acts 12, 23 says, then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and died. You see, anytime we are given praise or we're prone to boast and brag about ourselves and our accomplishments and our abilities, We need to give credit to God, who deserves it. Psalms 34 verse two says, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Psalms 44 verse eight says, in God we boast all day long and praise your name forever. 2 Corinthians 10, 17 says, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And when it comes to our salvation, we need to understand and acknowledge what Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 makes crystal clear. That passage says, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. In Daniel chapter four, verse 30, Nebuchadnezzar boasted and bragged about his power and the great city of Babylon that he had built and the Lord immediately pronounced judgment on him that he would lose his kingdom. That's exactly what happened. Verse 33 says it happened that very hour. First Samuel 17 verse eight. Goliath, the giant Goliath boasted about who he was And he has great strength and power. And the Lord took him out through a young man with nothing but a sling and five smooth stones. In Luke 18, in the parable told by Jesus, the Pharisee in in the temple who was praying boasted of his own righteousness. And he was not justified by God. In just two sentences of his prayer there on the screen, he used the pronoun I, you can count them, five times. Five times to brag on himself and his righteous deeds. Now you might be a braggart if you do that. You see, God hates prideful boasting and bragging. In 2 Timothy 3, boasting is described by Paul as one of the characteristics of the last days. We're in the last days right now. And Paul's inspired predictions in those verses are spot on. In Galatians 5.26, Paul says, let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. When I was growing up, if I got too full of myself or too proud of some achievement or accomplishment, my mother would give me this warning she would say, be careful. A self-brag is a half scandal. That was an expression that I'm sure came from her childhood. In our prideful, boasting, bragging world today, we don't hear warnings like that much, if ever. there are people today who need to hear it. And yes, in the church, in the church. As Christians, we ought to have a spirit of humility and realize the need for God's grace. And we need to put away the ego talk of boasting and bragging in our speech both online and in person. So let's talk briefly now about the other kind of ego talk in the subject today. Let's talk about the ego talk of flattery. You may have heard the old saying, flattery will get you everywhere. There are a few skills of the tongue that are more devious and more ego-serving than the skill of flattery. Flattery is the power of the tongue to seduce and conquer. Flattery is the act of placing someone in debt to us by verbally commending some action or virtue or aspect of their life and the commendation may or may not be true. Flattery is different from genuine praise or compliment because of its motive, its motive. You know, flattery is actually a compliment given to manipulate somebody for personal gain. So how is flattery often used to manipulate others? Here are just a few examples. First of all, a person might use flattery to get attention from someone. If I tell you what a great job you did with something, then maybe you'll pay more attention to me. If I compliment you on something, then you might look at me and smile at me and say thank you. You see, some people are so starved for attention that they use flattery to get it. Secondly, a person might use flattery to get a compliment back in return. For example, Not many of us, I would think, not many of us would be so bold as to ask for someone to compliment something, say, that we're wearing. But if we flatter other people about their clothes, then maybe they'll notice what we have on and return the compliment. So our real intent to begin with was not to compliment them but to get a compliment back. Thirdly, a person might use flattery to seduce someone into all kinds of schemes. A sharp salesman who's trying to sell you something might say to you, I know you're smart enough to know a good deal when you see one Many of us have heard that line. A person who is trying to draw someone into a a sinful, immoral relationship might say something like, I wish my husband were as kind as you are. Or, of all the women in the world, no one is more beautiful than you. And finally, a person might use flattery to gain favor and put others in debt. We might think that if we pour on the flattery, then others will have good feelings toward us, and then when we need something from them in the future, they'll be more inclined to give us what we want. So what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say about flattery? Proverbs 29, verse five says, a man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. That's a good description. A few moments ago, we mentioned Jude 1, talking about boasting. But let's look at it again right here about flattery. These people are grumblers and fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves and flatter others for their own advantage. Psalms 1 through three says, Help, Lord, for the godly man ceases, for the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. They speak idly, everyone with his neighbor, with flattering lips, and a double heart they speak. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things. Flattery is the reflection of a selfish and destructive spirit. When we try to use others for our benefit, then we begin to Damage and destroy them and us. Somebody once said, Flattery corrupts both the receiver and the giver. The Bible tells us to speak the truth in love. We should try to be as graceful as we can with the truth. But we need to realize that pretty words are not always true. And true words are not always pretty. Now, none of what we have said today about flattery, none of this means that we should never genuinely compliment or encourage or praise someone who is deserving or in need of a positive word. We need more of that in this world. We need more of that in the church. But the main thing to keep in mind is the motivation. Why am I paying a person this compliment? If it is true, and is truly an expression of love and appreciation and encouragement, and support with no goal of personal gain, then it is a compliment, and it's not flattery. As we conclude today, I want to emphasize the fact that ego talk, boasting, bragging, and flattery are words that bring death, not life. And they are indeed sins of the tongue that God hates, as we've seen today in the lesson. The person who is prone to boasting and bragging and flattery will find that those sins of the tongue will damage their relationship with God and with others. And everybody hear this. In the end, the person who is prone to the ego talk of boasting, bragging, or flattery will not be taken seriously. Their words will be taken, as we say, with a grain of salt. 144 years ago this month, on November the 21st of 1877, Thomas Edison announced to the world that he had invented the phonograph. You know, Thomas Edison's accomplishments are often forgotten today. Many people today could not name one single thing that Edison invented. Not one. In his workshop in Menlo Park, New Jersey, he designed these items. The household light bulb, a motion picture projector, the phonograph, the telephone transmitter, stock ticker improvements, the mimeograph machine, the dictating machine, alkaline batteries, and a whole lot more. You see, if anybody had a right to boast and brag, Edison did. But Edison humbly acknowledged that he could not create the simplest form of life. The creator of everything and everyone has this perspective on bragging rights that we find in Jeremiah chapter nine. Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his mind. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast in this that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. When we understand how incomparable our Creator is, and then we realize how our knowledge our talents and our accomplishments are nothing but gifts from his infinite storehouse, then and only then will we realize how few bragging rights we really have. We want to be in a right relationship with God And with others, we need to keep our ego in check. We need to keep our tongues away from ego talk, like boasting, bragging, and flattery. If we want to please God and be a blessing to others, then we'll speak humbly, graciously, and truthfully. That's what speaking life is all about. Maybe today as a Christian, maybe today you're not in a right relationship with God because of sins of the tongue like these or others that we studied about in this series. Or maybe today if you're not a Christian, a member of God's family, you need to accept Christ. And if so, Christ invites you to respond to his invitation, and you need to respond by believing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And by turning away from your sins in repentance, by confessing the name of Christ and making him the Lord of your life, by being immersed in the waters of baptism for the remission of sins, and then by living a new and a faithful life in Christ, If you need to respond to the invitation today in any way, we invite you to come as together we stand and sing.